Hi, this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health, and I'm your host, Dr. Madge. Waiting at the doctor's office has got to be one of the most frustrating things we all deal with. You're imprisoned in a cold, mundane room, bored out of your mind, listening to the ticking of the clock, feeling like every minute is a minute wasted. I know how you feel because I've actually been there myself. I once waited four hours to see my perinatologist. Yep, four hours when I was pregnant with twins. It's frustrating. Yet as we saw in my previous episode, why is my doctor always late? I'm often guilty of being late for my own patients. If you haven't had a chance to check out last week's episode, you may want to do it right away before you listen to this podcast. In it, I describe a typical day in the life of a primary care physician and highlight some of the underlying problems of the profession. The episode drew a huge response, and I thank those of you who posted your insightful thoughts about this problematic situation in primary care. One of the most frequently asked questions was, why can't the doctor's appointment slots be longer? That way the time pressures would be alleviated and no one would be late and in a hurry. That's what we're going to discuss in today's podcast. But before I go on, just a short word from our sponsor that makes this podcast possible. Do you want to save more, invest for the future, but you don't have time to be a full-on investor? Well, Betterment.com helps you build a customized, low-cost portfolio that suits your goals. Thanks to their sophisticated software, Betterment delivers bigger gains than you likely get on your own by automatically rebalancing and trading. And their fees are the lowest in the industry. So by doing less, you actually get more for your money. Betterment, where life gets better. Learn more at quickanddirtytips.com slash offers where you can sign up to receive a $25 bonus when you make a deposit of $250 or more. So why can't appointment slots be longer? Well, I've practiced medicine in several different settings, including public health, an HMO system, and a large nonprofit medical group. Amazingly, the time issue is the same everywhere. So these are the five main reasons why appointment slots cannot be longer at your primary care doctor's office. Here we go. Reason number one, most primary care physicians are employees. This means that they don't have the ability to make organizational decisions about the practice. They receive a mandate to see a patient every 15 to 20 minutes, and they must stick to that. Now, how is this tiny time frame decided? I'm getting to that. Reason number two, healthcare is a business. Even if your primary care physician does have decision-making opportunities, as in those in private practice, the fact is that healthcare is a business in the United States. That means medical groups and private practices need to make a profit in order to survive. Medicare and health insurance companies do not reimburse primary care services very well. So in order to make a profit, physicians are required to see more patients and more quickly, whether they like it or not. Let me be clear. This is not about greed, despite what some of you have suggested. It's about survival. It's a sink or swim for primary care clinics. Have you noticed that many smaller private doctor's offices are closing their doors? This is why. They can't financially make it work. The overhead cost to run a primary care clinic is immense. It's much more than just the doctor's and nurse's salaries. As many of you have chimed in to say in your comments from last week's podcast, it's also the rent or mortgage gas, electricity, the photocopier, the ultrasound machine, various test paraphernalia, 
vaccines, syringes, exam beds, EKG machines, EKG paper, not to mention the costly malpractice insurance for both the office and the provider, the licensing fees, the IT support, the cleaning crew, the benefits for the staff, the fees for biohazardous waste disposal, fees for electronic charting system, building maintenance, I could go on and on. This sink-or-swim phenomenon is another reason why medical students are choosing specialties rather than primary care. They realize that not only would they be spending the next few decades having to work under stressful time constraints, but they would be doing so while simultaneously sinking in school loan debt. Medical school tuition is on average between $30,000 and $40,000 per year, and that doesn't even take living costs into consideration. Now multiply that by four years, then add the school debt from four years of college prior— and the minimum of three years of residency where you actually make enough only to slide by while the loan accrues interest. And that's a minimum of 11 years of school loan debt that reaches anywhere between 150 and 200K. Who would blame medical students for passing on primary care? It's exactly why we're experiencing a primary care doctor shortage in this country. Some primary care doctors are leaving their jobs in pursuit of something you may have heard of called concierge medicine. In this kind of practice, the doctor doesn't accept health insurance of any kind and cares for fewer patients. Each patient pays a flat monthly fee determined by the doctor or the clinic in exchange for unlimited access to their doctor. In this type of practice, you may have to pay out of pocket for any tests, imaging, or medications, which may be quite costly, but you will have much longer appointment slots, shorter wait times, and an unprecedented access to your doctor, even via phone and text. I think it's a brilliant idea. It works for some patients and some doctors really well, but it's not for everyone. And some patients really simply cannot afford this, and some areas of the country don't even have these types of clinics. But it is an alternative. And not to mention a reflection of what's going on in primary care. Reason number three, access of care. How fast do you want to see your doctor? Do you want to be able to see them the same day if you all of a sudden feel sick? Or are you okay with waiting six weeks? Because the average primary care doctor needs to manage between 1,500 and 2,300 patients, depending on the practice. So the access to your doctor is often one reason appointment slots must be shorter. The more patients a doctor is responsible for, the less time he or she can spend with each individual patient. That is why doctor tardiness is not improved in an HMO system in the U.S. because appointment durations must still be 20 minutes long on average in order to allow for this access. Reason number four, scheduler limitations. For those rare lucky doctors who have the opportunity to vary the time templates for their patients, it may not be enough. Why? Because the person scheduling the appointment on the phone often does not have medical training. This means he or she will likely not be able to accurately gauge the complexity of the reasons for the patient's visit and thus not allocate the appropriate amount of time for the appointment. I gave an example of such a case on my previous episode, Why Is My Doctor Always Late? Check out Ms. Sadness, one of the last patients of the morning. And reason number five, unpredictability. Medicine, like people, isn't always predictable. Sometimes a patient may be scheduled for a simple pap smear, but you discover that their blood pressure is incidentally 186 over 95, which is very high, on the day of their appointment. 
Or a patient comes in with flu symptoms, but their last blood test for diabetes was over a year ago and off the charts uncontrolled. Or just as the doctor is completing the visit, the patient says, by the way, I've been feeling chest pain for the past few weeks. What do you think this is, doc? What can you do as a physician? Ignore the elevated blood pressure, blood sugars, and chest pain just because the patient came in for something entirely different? No, that would be unethical. So now you see how complex and interconnected this issue is. The fact is that doctors don't like running late just as much as patients don't like waiting, but there are numerous forces acting beyond our control. Or are they? Well, tune in next week when I provide suggestions for what both doctors and patients can do to improve the situation. Incidentally, I want to say that even given everything I know about the primary care profession, I would still choose it if I had to do it all over again. There's absolutely nothing like building a relationship with my patients and helping them to live a healthier life. I love my job. So share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook and Twitter pages, and you can even find me on Pinterest. If you have any future topic suggestions, you can also email them to me at housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com. Please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. Please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Have a healthy week. Betterment LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered by Betterment Securities, an SEC-registered broker-dealer and member of the FINRA-SIPC. Investments are not FDIC-insured. No bank guarantee. May lose value. Investing in securities involves risks, and there's always a potential of losing money when you invest in securities. Before investing, consider your investment objectives and Betterment's charges and expenses. Not an offer, solicitation of an offer, or advice to buy or sell securities in jurisdiction where Betterment and Betterment Securities are not registered.